Welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show. Everybody, we will be talking today about the third GOP debate and talking about if it even made a difference at all in this primary. Uh, It didn't, by the way. Spoiler alert. And we'll talk about why and what the candidates could have done in order to beat Donald Trump and what they still can do in order to beat Donald Trump. Um, And uh, we may talk a little bit about Donald Trump and Joe Biden as well. Really quick, though, before we get into the news and some of the best moments from this debate, I want to talk about the first sponsor of this podcast, Gulag America. I'm wearing one of their shirts now. Here, the microphone's in the way. Gulag America. Sorry, I'm just like showing off the side here. Gulag America is a premium apparel brand for patriotic clothing. They also make Josh Carr shirts. Go check those out as well at gulagamerica.com. As we roll into the Christmas season, they make as just a fantastic gift. They have both men's, women's clothing. It's really high quality. I've washed this a couple times, and it looks just as new as when I bought it. Also very affordable. So go check them out again at gulagamerica.com. If you use my code JoshCar10, you will get 10% off on all of your orders at Gulag America. Again, that's JoshCar10 at gulagamerica.com. Okay, getting into the debate this week. It happened on Wednesday. NBC News hosted it, as we'll talk about. NBC honestly did a much better than Fox and Fox Business with the first two debates, which surprises me, especially considering if you're going to have your party um, have a debate, you'd figure kind of the, the pundits and the comedians and the celebrities of your party are going to interview you. And we did have that for the first two. But frankly, they didn't really go that well. And NBC asked some really good questions that actually helped us to distinguish the candidates in a way that just didn't happen before. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to kind of walk through each person. Instead of kind of like taking the whole uh, debate as a whole, I don't think that's as productive. I kind of want to talk about each individual person and what they did to distinguish themselves or not distinguish themselves in this campaign and in this debate and just some of the, the thoughts that I had as I watched the debate so that you don't have to go watch it because... Frankly, it was kind of boring. There was a couple of good moments, and I'm going to make a video on Monday that's going to actually show off some of these really good moments, so stay tuned for that. But with that, I'm going to also rank, or I guess give them a letter grade on how they did in this debate. And before I start off, I'm going to start with DeSantis and then move on to Nikki Haley after that. Before I even talk about that, it has to be noted just at the beginning of this, everyone got an F up there. And I say this regrettably because I actually like a lot of these candidates, like DeSantis and Vivek and Nikki Haley. Not not Chris Christie. <laughs> don't, don't worry. But um, they all got Fs because they didn't distinguish themselves from Trump. Like, I was expecting something drastic. Because when you look at their poll numbers, they haven't really changed much. Trump is still, like, way ahead. And so you have to think to yourself, if I'm in that position, say I'm like Ron DeSantis, right? I'm number two, but by a long shot. I have to do something drastic in this debate to get back in and it didn't happen and so it made me feel like you know these people aren't really playing to win at this point they know they've lost and so some of them are playing for vp not desantis there's no way trump will make desantis as vp but he's probably playing for 2028 and doesn't want to do something so drastic that he's going to burn his bridge with the american voters moving forward um so again, all of them got Fs, but if we're talking about like who got a good grade for second place, then that's what we're going to go off of. Uh, and, and I say F because there's literally no shot that they can win now. So DeSantis, I'm giving DeSantis a B. The reason why I'm giving him a B is first, so, you know, not great, not bad. 
he was very poised, very smart, and concentrated on his, his answers. I thought he had some of the best answers of the night. He went really hard at Trump at the beginning, talking about how he should have been there, how, you know, Trump has changed since he was, uh, since, you know, how he was in 2016, which is a really fair critique and very true. But then he just kind of like stopped talking about it. And look, I get it. You want to look forward when you're, uh, you know, when you're running for president, you're not trying to focus on other people. And I think that there is this inherent weakness in talking about someone else. But if he's 50 points ahead of you, you kind of have to like start slinging mud at him uh, if you want to make any difference. And he didn't do that enough. That's why I couldn't give him a higher grade. DeSantis, some of his best kind of looks during the debate and my favorite parts was he took some really strong language, both against Hamas and the Mexican cartels um, and defending Israel. He basically called to his military experience. Um, the theme of the night was foreign policy, if you didn't watch the debate. All of it was on foreign policy. And as we'll talk about later, it was a much more effective debate because of that. And it's it's not because, I guess I should rephrase it. I don't think they chose to do foreign policy on purpose. I think when it came down to it, NBC looked at where do these politicians actually differ? Like where do they disagree? And they found that almost all of it was on foreign policy, and that's why they focused on that. I don't think it had anything to do with foreign policy itself. It's just that when you're Fox Business and you're Fox and you're talking about immigration the whole time, all of the Republicans agree on that. Like, I would trust any five of those people on the stage, including Donald Trump, so six, to get that done. Including freaking Asa Hutchinson and Doug Burgum, who no one wants to vote for. All of I trust all of them on immigration. No one disagrees, you know, with with the southern border if you're a Republican. So I thought it was much more effective talking about foreign policy. DeSantis specifically did very good, and he called to his military experience in a lot of it. Now, I know what you're thinking. He always talks about his military experience, and and I agree it can be annoying at times, but I think in this instance, because we were talking so much about the Middle East, we, we they talked a lot about Iran, they were talking a lot about Israel. I think it was very effective um, since DeSantis served in Iraq, and uh, it, it kind of, he was able to communicate it in a way that I think was a lot better than past debates, where it wasn't annoying. Uh, it was like, oh yeah, he probably like understands this on a way that other people don't. And when he said things like, I'm not going to send your sons and daughters abroad, I like really believed him because it's like, he knows what it's like. Um, and I actually thought, I thought that was very effective. So again, that's why I'm giving him a B. Um, one thing that DeSantis and I believe, believe Vivek Ramaswamy said, which uh, I think is a little bit of a hot take, but I commended them for saying it, was he said that he would cancel students' visas if they were openly supporting Hamas in the United States. And I think that's a really hard policy. But again, I respected them for, I, like, I, I don't even know where I stand on that policy. I'm not sure if I'm like 100% on board with that. But the fact that they were willing to say it made me feel like DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy were starting to break out of this politician-y mindset, and they were just saying straight up what they thought. Um, that's pretty much it for DeSantis. He didn't really interact with the other candidates, as we'll talk about later. NBC didn't allow for people to be interacting with each other, which had some pros to it, had some cons. But overall, he was a B. I thought he could have done a lot better to distinguish himself. Moving on. Sorry, I apologize. There's some like craziness going on outside. Hopefully, you can't hear that. Um, moving on to Nikki Haley, I'm giving Nikki Haley a B minus, and I think that might come as a surprise to some people because the media, especially the legacy media have made Nikki Haley out to be like this amazing debater. And I just don't see it. 
Like, she, she's a very effective politician, don't get me wrong. And frankly, I like Nikki Haley. But when she says on the debate stage, is nothing super special. And people act like she's just like this firecracker who's like really good at speaking. Um, but when she gets in those fiery kind of confrontations, usually with Vivek, she loses a lot of her kind of like smart passion that she has in other things. Sometimes she'll just be speaking right to the moderator and what she's saying is like really good. But when she gets in it with someone else, she loses that and she kind of just looks like she's angry. And that's especially true for Vivek Ramaswamy. It was also interesting. Uh, she briefly started attacking Trump at the beginning of the debate and then kind of stopped because I think personally Nikki Haley's running for vice president. I think she's one of those people who's running for vice president. And so she like very loosely attacked Trump um, because he's been suddenly kind of weak on the foreign on his foreign policy rhetoric. But it was very short lived. One other thing, this is kind of with the moderators, but it's very interesting that Nikki Haley was given special treatment by them. And she was allowed to interact with other people much more than other people were allowed to interact with her. The rule for NBC, if you didn't hear this, was that if the uh, the candidates interacted with each other and if they interrupted, then they would lose questions down the road. And so they were very like most of them were really like trying to not talk. And it's not because they didn't want to. It's because they were scared of losing questions. And somehow the moderators would let Haley do it. They let her do it like twice and they didn't let anyone else do it. And so I found that very interesting. Um, moving on to Vivek Ramaswamy really quick, though, before we do talk about Vivek Ramaswamy, I do want to talk about our second sponsor for this podcast, Smart Labels. Smart Labels is a new way to organize all those crazy bins that you have in your house. It's a product that me and my wife love so much, especially as we come into the Thanksgiving and Christmas season and you're trying to put away those Halloween decorations, get out some of those new fall decorations and even Christmas decorations. Here's how Smart Labels works. So first, you go on qrsmartlabels.com, you buy some Smart Labels, very affordable. You then download the Smart Labels app. It's free to download. You can then use your Smart Labels and put them on the containers that you want. So say you have a container of Christmas decorations, you can then put the Smart Label on that decoration and using the app, you can scan your Smart Label, make a name for this bin, a photo of where that bin goes, a location, you can even type in like it's in the basement. And then you can type in every single item that you've put in that container. That way, that later when you're trying to find where that is next year, you can literally search Christmas lights and it will tell you the exact location. You have a picture of it and you'll know exactly what the QR code looks like. They all, they're all kind of color coded. Uh, that way you're not having to spend hours and hours sifting through bins looking for that one special item. All right, moving on to Vivek Ramaswamy. I give Vivek Ramaswamy a B plus, I would say. Uh, maybe an A minus, but probably a B plus. And the reason why I say B plus, well, no question, he was better than DeSantis. And the reason why is because he started to distinguish himself, and I really appreciated it. And I'm, again, my Monday video is going to be largely focused on the moments that Vivek Ramaswamy had in this debate because, in my opinion, he's the one that won it. But again, he didn't do anything drastic enough, and he didn't attack Trump enough. And I, I know a lot of people have said this. I've heard it from like Ben Shapiro, a lot of the Daily Wire hosts, uh, even Steven Crowder, that Vivek Ramaswamy is somehow running for VP. I don't believe it. And the reason why, and I think those people haven't seen this video, but he's been asked point blank if he will accept a VP 
spot from Donald Trump? And he straight up said no. And not only did he say no, but he said, I don't work well, you know, as a right-hand man. I got to be the man in charge. And it, that just doesn't strike me as someone who's going to change his mind on that subject. Like, if he was thinking of maybe VP, if he doesn't win, he would have just said something like, oh, well, I'm running for president right now. I don't, I'm not talking about vice president. That's a very easy out. You've heard it said by other politicians many times. So I don't buy that Vivek Ramaswamy is running for VP. Perhaps he's pushing his time off to 2028, like I believe Ron DeSantis is. But I don't understand why he didn't do something more drastic in this to set himself apart from Trump. He started off, this is why he deserves a B plus though. He was by far the most intelligent person up there. He speak. He spoke with poise. Uh, he started off the debate, like his first opening statements, by attacking Ronna McDaniel, uh, the chairwoman of the Republican Party, and NBC News. And it was pretty dope. Like I, I, like I was watching with a big group of friends, and when he said that, we were all like, <gasps> like we all like gasped, and uh, because it was like out of nowhere. And it was a really awesome moment. It was very premeditated, but it was sweet. Like, everyone knew it was premeditated, but it was really good. And we need more of that. That's why Trump was so popular, because he would say things like that, and people would be like, oh, my gosh. Like, did he really just say that? And Vivek is starting to do that as well, but it's not It's not enough, um, especially when you're running against someone else who is, like, the epitome of doing that. It's it's not enough to distinguish yourself. Um Moving on from that, though, Vivek did a very good job maintaining his kind of hands-off approach in Israel. He's been very uh, consistent in that manner. He's been, he's always, you know, he talks about how we're done giving aid to Ukraine, and he stayed consistent with that in Israel, and I actually think that was more powerful. Um, talking about kind of other ways to support Israel rather than just straight up sending them ammunition and money, uh, and in connection with that, talking about how people who do support that, like Nikki Haley, are bought into the military industrial complex and i thought it was a very effective uh, a very effective um attack i'm reminded in my notes right now that he called nikki haley dick cheney in three inch heels so that was pretty awesome um but vivek also talked about how they needed to like quash anti-semitic protests not with censorship rather but with strong ideas and leadership and I also thought this was very effective. This kind of goes into Vivek's whole argument, mostly with Nikki Haley about TikTok, where Vivek just has this like general rule of why are we playing by these different rules than Democrats? They're winning, we're losing because we're like too high and mighty. And what he's saying is like, we need to like be as smart and persuasive as possible. And I think that that overall is going to push the Republican Party sooner um, and hopefully faster. And so I'm personally hoping that Vivek Ramaswamy can somehow integrate himself into Republican leadership. Uh, I mean, if he could replace like Ronald McDaniel, for instance, I just think that would be fantastic. And the reason why I say that is just because I think he has this vision for the Republican party to be winner and what that takes, you know, it may take concessions in certain ways, but at least we're going to be winning rather than just like losing and being these stupid political, absolutist like we have been in the past and that was largely what he was criticizing Ronna McDaniel at the beginning of the debate. Vivek Ramaswamy also called out Ukraine in really stark like intense terms. He said um, Ukraine versus Russia is not good and evil which I think is really important for people to understand like it's, it's really brutal but most people think that this is like a war of good versus evil whereas ukraine was never really looked at this amazing democrat 
democratic nation um, until the war started. And there's large parts of Ukraine that speak Russian and are part of the Russian culture. And so I think he brought that to, to uh, a lot of people's attention that, that night uh, of the debate. But I don't know if it is a message where independents are going to get on board. And so I think ultimately that would hurt him in a, uh, if he won the primary, which I don't believe he will. But overall, Vivek was just, he had a dope answer on abortion. He was, he quoted Clarence Thomas, which was awesome. Basically, he was, he gave, Clarence Thomas gives this like fantastic analogy and Vivek reiterated it, which is like, if you have a pregnant person and, uh, you know, and this, and this pregnant lady is walking down the road and a guy comes up and beats her and ends up killing the baby in the process, there's not a single person on earth that would not hold that man responsible for that action. And he quoted that, and and it, again, it just shows how intellectually capable he is compared to the other candidates. And it was a really fantastic moment in the debate. He was just really on it today. Um, and uh, of course, there's the famous moment that I'll be including on my video on Monday, where Vivek, in his closing statements, tells Democrats that he's like, "I know you're not running Joe Biden, so just put him forward, so we can actually debate." And I thought that was pretty powerful. I don't agree with that. I think Joe Biden really is running, but it was pretty awesome that he chose his closing debates uh, to do that. So he did his best to distinguish himself. Not enough for that reason. I'm giving him a B plus. Okay, talk. We we've got two more. I probably won't talk about them for very long because they weren't super notable. But of course, we have Tim Scott and Chris Christie. Tim Scott gets a C. The reason why he gets a C is because he was super preachy. Uh, he's a nice guy, and I think that overall he's got good policy and. You know, he's just a good Christian guy, but he's so preachy and politician-y about everything he does. He most often does not answer the question that was asked him. And I think most people just are like so bored when he's speaking. I mean, I was sitting there watching the debate, trying to take notes for this video. And I'm listening to Tim Scott. And every time he comes up, I'm like, I'm not writing anything down. Like there's just nothing of substance to write down. I just don't understand how he goes up there and he thinks that he's distinguishing himself from the candidates around him. Um, Tim Scott also said he would cancel visa students who were saying de like death to Israel and supporting Hamas. Uh, and this is, uh, again, I, I support and like, I will say that that was probably the best thing he said all night just because of how brutal he was with that. Uh, and then, of course, he talked about where uh, federal spending was concerned in these universities and clubs that are supporting these things. You know, no federal funding should be spent. So that was kind of his best take of the night. But overall, I was super bored the whole time. Um, oh, he did have a fairly good response about th this was actually a very good moment. I will give him credit for this. Uh, the NBC host and, and this was actually very illuminating for me to watch. But essentially, the NBC host asks Tim Scott what he's going to do day one to bring uh, down gas prices and to fix the economy. And Tim Scott talks about how he's going to open the pipelines and he's going to uh, essentially uh, frack in the United States and, and open up uh, more leases for fracking. And the NBC host kind of stops him and he said, okay, I'll give you another chance to answer my question, but I'm talking about day one, what are you gonna do that's gonna affect the economy? And uh, Tim Scott says, because oh, what the NBC host said was, what you're talking about right now is not going to have like short-term consequences, like in the long-term that might help, but obviously if you start fracking, it's not gonna immediately get into the, in the economy. And Tim Scott stops him and he goes, no, 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 you're totally wrong. This will affect the economy immediately because once there's a president in place that inspires confidence in the oil industry and in the energy industry, 
the prices will immediately come down because there will be immediately greater investment into these things. And you could see the NBC host like, like that had never occurred to him. This concept, like, I mean, this is a very basic economic principle of confidence in a marketplace. He had never considered this. And it's very telling, I think, for where Democrats and liberals are at right now, where they just don't have this concept of like it goes back to I don't know if you've seen this video, but in the State of the Union address by Joe Biden, he gets up there and he basically starts talking about the awesome things going on in energy and Republicans started heckling him. And he goes, and we're moving towards green energy. He's like, and don't worry, we're not cutting out oil immediately. It will be five to 10 years before we cut out oil. And the Republicans immediately just erupt in like the most mocking laughter in the world because they're, they Joe Biden cannot comprehend the fact that him saying that drives gas prices up. He's literally telling people, oh, by the way, your investment will be useless in five to 10 years. And he doesn't understand that that's why the economy is the way it is. And so, again, Democrats don't understand this principle. That was Tim Scott's best thing of the night, but it, he didn't distinguish himself in the slightest because of it. And for that reason, he gets a C, uh, of course, an F if you actually bring Donald Trump into the equation. Now, really quick, guys, I want to talk about the last sponsor for this podcast. It is Two Beards. Now, you might have noticed it's kind of hard to see on the camera or maybe not on the camera either because I'm I'm a young guy and it's it's a struggle. You can see on the neck a little bit, but it is no, no shave November. And this November, I have partnered with Two Beards Trading Post because they have fantastic, um, they have fan, really fantastic products for both your beard and your body. They have beard oils. It smells amazing. It's like the most fresh smell ever uh you'll have to go check out their website they have some pretty enjoyable slogans on it so uh, i'm not gonna say them over the air right now but you're welcome to go check them out at twobeards.club again they have stuff for your beard your body they make all their products in extremely low doses that way they're able to maintain the high quality and it's all natural as well so if you're wanting to get a really great gift for anyone in your family that has a beard, definitely go check them out. They have the most affordable but also high quality beard oil and butter and cream that I've ever seen. And then, of course, even if you don't have a beard, they have fantastic stuff for men and women, ranging from soap to lotion to deodorant. Again, that's at twobeards.club. Awesome. Last one, Chris Christie. And then I'm going to give kind of my overall thoughts of the debate. Chris Christie gets a C minus. So I'm not even going to talk about him for very long. He is a better speaker than I gave him credit for before. He's a very good speaker. He looked very comfortable up there, uh, and he answered the questions very directly, and I give him credit for that. But he did not distinguish himself in the slightest, and he's just incredibly milk toast, classic Republican. And I just don't see why he... And again, this will kind of be, I guess, my my segue into my overall thoughts. I don't understand how he or anybody on the stage last night could actually think that what they were doing was going to change the polling. Like, how could you, when Donald Trump is 50 points up, how could you just go to the debate, do the same thing that you did at the other two debates and didn't see the poll increase and think to yourself, yeah, the poll is going to go up for me right now. I don't, I don't understand it. And so my la my only conclusion could be, because these guys are not idiots and they have large teams behind them. My only conclusion could be is that a few of them are running for VP, mostly Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, and the other ones are running for 2028. I, I actually don't understand what Chris Christie is doing because I don't think he's running for either. I don't understand what he's doing at all. But at least for Vivek and, and Ron, 
Probably they're running for 2028. But man, just drop out already. Like, gosh, it cost like it costs money to run a campaign. It's probably really hard work. Like you're not gonna win. You didn't do anything to deserve a win on Wednesday. And so again, I don't know what they were doing up there. I thought NBC actually did a really good job of hosting this debate. The third moderator wasn't as good as the other ones, but I will say this. There's pros and cons to not letting the debaters talk to each other. Once debaters kind of for a brief moment were able to talk to each other, it was really good because how are you supposed to scrutinize each other if you're not allowed to talk to each other? That's what's hard is like the NBC moderator goes through and they ask everyone these questions and there's usually some variation in their answers, but you kind of need someone like Vivek Ramaswamy who's really smart to start poking holes in their theories. And NBC didn't give us that opportunity since they put the rule in place saying that they would lose quite, you know, they would lose questions if they interacted with each other. And so again, they got through a lot of questions, but the interaction kind of shows us who these candidates really are and helps. I mean, they have the most incentive to poke holes in each other's logic, not the NBC hosts. And so I think, you know, you got to let them talk to each other a little bit. Um, there were no ads in this event. <laughs> that's I, yeah, that's the best thing that happened on Wednesday. There were there were like two ads in the whole event. So we just kind of got to watch a debate. And uh, Vivek had some really fantastic moments. And so, like I said, I'm going to make a video just compiling all those those moments together because that was really good. That was really the, the only thing that made the debate entertaining. But the final verdict is it was an F for all of them. They did not distinguish themselves. There is zero chance, in my opinion, that any of them will get the Republican nominee and that it will be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. And as it stands, it looks like Trump is going to be our next president if Biden can't pull it together, which he might be able to. We have a year left. Or if somehow someone else, you know, runs instead of him and he gets really sick and suddenly dies, you know, out of pure coincidence. Anyway, I say that with air quotes, by the way, if you're just listening. But um, that is the podcast today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, go check out all those sponsors. They are in the, the details below uh, in the description. They all work as just fantastic Christmas gifts, and I'm proud to be working with them. Again, as well, please subscribe if you got any entertainment or value out of this video, and we'll see you guys next time.